episode 209, The Inhumans IMAX Experience. Welcome to Level 7. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Welcome to an unusual episode of Welcome to Level 7. Why is this unusual? Well, because we're taking a note from our Strangers and Aliens podcast, and I am here with Evan David, who you may or may not have heard recently on a podcast episode of Welcome to Level 7. Uh, It just depends on when things get released, because I just, right now, there's a lot of stuff being recorded out of order. But we are in my van, my silver minivan. Some call it a mom van, some call it a minivan. This is the Avery family van. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, driving Silver Surfer. That's, yes, what we call the Avery minivan. And Evan David is right here with me. Hello, everybody. Riding shotgun. Yes. And we have never done a road trip episode for Welcome to Level 7. This is the first. I'm driving... We have a microphone connected to my rear view mirror. Yep. It is a small microphone that's meant to be put on my lapel, but we found out that it picked up like everything and picked it up fairly decently. Yep. So it's just right there in between Evan and I, and we're not messing with all the extra added wires and mics that I brought that we're just recording directly like this. And so if this works, this is the episode, and if this does not work, this will be the longest post-credit <laughs> uh, extra added material that we've ever done. So this portion right here is us driving to the IMAX Theater in Portage, Indiana, and we are right now on the toll road. Yep. The toll road. We're, uh, That's my fault. Well, no, not really. Uh, we are trying to take the fastest, most direct route because... I had to um, come home directly from work, walk in the house, grab all my stuff, run out to the van, drive across town and pick up Evan, and so we're, we want to get there on time. That's, yep. that's pretty much what it comes down to. And so here we are. Uh, this was what Siri told us to do. So and we are here. We are obeying the phone pocket computer. <laughs> she may chime in now and then. I doubt it, because we're on the toll road for 45 miles. And And Ben hasn't eaten dinner yet. (laughs) I have not, and we are not going to... And I have to pee. (laughs) We are not going to record for very long for this portion. On Strangers and Aliens, we record the entire trip. From the point when we get in the vehicle together, put the vehicle in drive, and put the vehicle into park at the theater. Which usually takes between 12 and 20 minutes. Yep. Uh, on the way home, sometimes we'll take a little bit longer on purpose. Yeah, Ben will just start driving around the block. I will over pass over. people's houses on purpose. Um, but we're not going to have that problem for this. <laughs> In fact, like I said, we could be 
I mean, if we're going to do that from drive to park, then we're going to be doing that for an hour and 20 minutes. So, no, we're going to try and talk for just less than half an hour. We'll see. But if you're listening right now, this is spoiler-free right now. Yes, because and we haven't seen anything at this point. Exactly. So. And when we get back in the vehicle, after the movie is done, do we call it a movie? I'm sure. Saves time. Okay. After, <laughs> after the movie, because Disney's not calling it a movie. This is not part of their movies that they get behind with the full force of the... Uh, Advertising yeah. and the toys and... No, this is not a movie as far as Disney is concerned. It's just a movie as far as IMAX is concerned. And we'll talk about that in a moment. But, um, yeah, we're... There is a tiny SUV in the back of that truck. There, there sure is. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's the thing about the road trip episodes is we discover things. Um, I, I strongly encourage you to join us on our Spider-Man Homecoming episode from Strangers and Aliens. If you want to find the strangest thing that I have ever turned the corner and seen in my life. <laughs> um, I don't want to get any spoilers here. I, I will say, Strangers and Aliens, that is that is a uh, faith-based, religious, uh, Christian podcast. And so we did spend a little bit of time talking about the pornography line, um, which, you know, I, we talked about a little bit, I think, on Welcome to Level 7 as well. I think most non-Christian people can also agree that pornography is not the best thing. Well... I would say a lot of people would agree with yeah. you, but yeah. Anyway, we're not going to get into that here. I'm just saying, you know, that we talk about the pornography line before we get to that corner that we turned. <laughs> we discovered something crazy. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah. So when we get back in the car, we're going to talk about it again, spoiler free after we have seen it mainly to talk about if we think it's worth seeing an IMAX I mean, that's, that's really some of the, the, the well, the prime portion of that conversation. Um, and then we will play the spoiler organ. Um, not literally, but we will in post-production <laughs> stick it into the recording and, and talk about the pilot episode of Inhumans uh, with, with some spoiler talk. So right now we can't spoil it because we don't know anything about it other than Medusa is in it. She has hair. Uh, yep. Black Bolt is in it. And Lockjaw is in it. The dog. And Maximus the Mad. Yeah. I mean, they're sticking pretty true to the comic. With, yeah. With the comic characters and, and all the whatnots and uh, things that could be kind of hard to accept in the MCU. A giant teleporting dog. Well, if that's what the Terrigen Mists turn you into, Ben. Well, that's uh, that's an interesting question, is if in the MCU, the Terrigen Mists actually turned a person into a teleporting dog. It's yes, possible. We will find out, maybe. It is possible. So, we want to go over the history of the characters in general, for those of the uninitiated. Yeah, yeah. So here's what you're getting into. In humans, it's, um, it's a... Jack Kirby, Stan Lee creation, I believe. I believe they first appeared in Fantastic in, Four. In Fantastic Four. Yeah. And they did get a spin out into their own comic, which there's a copy of issue one. We've got it here. I think Evan has it in hand. Because we are prepared. Yeah. I uh, haven't read it, but it's here. I got it for a dollar, by the way. It's part of the True Believers publishing initiative that Marvel is doing, where they do first issues and important issues for only a dollar. 
And so this, there's yeah. a, I'm pretty sure that that's Jack Kirby art. It is. And I don't know who's doing the writing on these stories. Stan these are posts. He's the editor. Okay. Oh, Jack Kirby is the writer. Oh, okay. And the artist. So these are post the Fantastic Four stories. Um, when they were sharing the magazine, I think it's Amazing Adventures. Is that right? Amazing Adventures, The Inhumans, and The Black Widow. Hey, very MCU comic book right there. In very. one bag together because you demanded it. No, I didn't. But <laughs> that's because I was, if I was born, I was very, very little. So, yeah. So, Inhumans are a subsection of humanity who, when, uh, well, you've seen them on, on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yep. I mean, when they're uh, brought into contact with Terrigen Mists, they develop superpowers, and sometimes it is a complete physical transformation, which is why the whole lockjaw thing could potentially be a thing. And sometimes the transformations really stink. Yeah. Kind of like mutants also. Right. And then sometimes it is not... Uh, I mean, they, they retain their hum, human look, but they gain incredible powers. And sometimes they gain just kind of... Cool powers. They have short bios here written by Jack Kirby. Want me to read those? Hey, let's do it. Okay. So here are, here's the roster. The incomparable Inhumans, the ultimate Inhuman, Black Bolts, most supremely powerful of all the Inhumans, the majestic Black Bolt, able to soar like an avenging eagle, dares not trust himself to speak for his, vo for his voice unleashed, can shatter a mountain as it did months ago setting his people free. Then we have the magnificent Medusa. Behold, Medusa, whose hair can move and act and obey her every command. Medusa, whose heart belongs to the brooding Black Bolt and whose soul still yearns for the long-lost homeland which fate has denied her. Call her Crystal. I will. <laughs> the forces of nature herself bend to the power of this incredibly lovely woman-child. In moments of peril, Medusa's sister can exert a strange influence over fire, water, and air, just as she has already influenced the heart of Johnny Storm. Indeed, indeed, indeed. And then we have Maximus the Mad, the treachery and inventive genius of this most evil of all the Inhumans, had stolen the royal throne of his brother Black Bolt. But today, the traitor rules nothing save the kingdom of madness. That's kind of cool, actually. Yes. Oh, and there's some, there's there's three more. Hold on. All right, those are tiny prints. Yes, they're apparently they're not as important. Have fun. <laughs> the gentleman's name is Gorgon. He is a gentleman indeed. No earthly instrument can begin to calculate the pulsating power that lies within the pounding feet of Gorgon, most savage, most uncontrollable of all the Inhumans, the mysterious Triton of all the Inhumans. Only he. Cannot breathe. Air. Sorry, I thought it said only he can breathe air, but no, he only he cannot breathe air. Uh, he only he is brother to the shark, master of that watery wonderland men called the sea. And then we have Karnak the Shatterer. By merely concentrating on any object, the steel fingering Karnak can instantly sense its one weak point, enabling him to shatter it to bits. And with one single smashing blow. So some cool powers. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Karnak is, uh, more recently, he's kind of developed into the genius strat strategist. 
kind of guy. And then you've got um, the whole power struggle between Black Bolt and, and Maximus the Mad. And Crystal, I know of the Inhumans because they appeared in some Fantastic Four comics. When I was buying comics in junior high, end of junior high, just before high school, um, they were doing some stuff with, with the Inhumans. And I think Crystal is even a member of the Fantastic Four right before I started reading it. And when I started reading Fantastic Four, she had, uh, like, was going back home to her people, something like that. Um, Medusa, I believe, was a member of the Fantastic Four for a while. And Black Bolt, in that comic I was talking about where Crystal decided to stay with her people, it was because Black Bolt, um, they were on the moon, in the blue area of the moon, which would be interesting to see if that's something they, they keep as well. That's this area of the moon that has atmosphere where people can live. It's kind of like Atlantis, but on the moon. Fun fact. Yeah. In the season finale of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season, the one before this last one, we saw Coulson and Daisy on the, in the, you know, the chamber thing uh-huh. on the moon and everything was tinted bluish. Uh-huh. And they never did anything with it. Or did they? Or did they? Because, you know, we don't spoil things that happen after because with Netflix, we, you know, but we're not, so we can't spoil anything that's happened after Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. cliffhanger for season four because we haven't seen anything. Right. But I am going to be talking about the cliffhanger for season four because, and I feel comfortable actually talking about this even if you haven't seen it because it has nothing to do with the resolution of the whole season, but it has everything to do with where they might be going later on and everything to do with why maybe the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D don't show up in Inhumans because they get captured. Coulson looks out his window and there's space stuff out there. Are you thinking sword men? I don't know about that, but I'm wondering, is it possible that they were captured by the Inhumans or is it possible that they just did this so that we're not saying, but the agents of shield sky would, she's an inhuman. Wouldn't she get involved with what was going on in the Inhuman series or something like that? Well, and here's what we know from the trailers, and it's it goes along with the comic books. This is the royal family. Yes. And this is... Bolt is the king, Medusa is the queen, and we've seen from the trailers that they have kept themselves secret and isolated. Well, if they're on the moon, yeah, that would happen. From the rest of inhumankind. Well, but... Yeah. Okay, so... I'm, I, I'm appreciating how much they're keeping of, of all this. Yeah! So... Yeah. Oh, anyway, back to where I, what I was saying. Black Bolt takes Crystal to the edges of the blue area of the moon where the atmosphere is super, super thin and she can barely breathe, but it's a safe place for him to speak. And he just says, he whispers the word stay, and it just throws her back, um, you know, yards and yards and yards. And But it's that important to him that he risks, you know, saying the word taking the time to go to a place where he can whisper a word um, and it's one of those things that even though I'm not I, at the time I wasn't really familiar with any of these characters but it was a moment in, in the comic that has stuck with me for a very 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 long time and it just it, it's it's an emotional moment that I didn't have to know the characters to be able to go along with it um, yeah so that's that's kind of the history of the Inhumans. Um, 
not in depth, but but kind of the history of them. And then they've been showing up, and recently people have been saying that Inhumans are taking the place of mutants as, as the uh, kind of prime moving force of superheroes in the Marvel Universe because mutants are all wrapped up in movie rights that Fox has. Yep. And so legally, Disney can't make any movies, even though legally Disney owns those characters. Contractually, they have contracted with Fox to let Fox make movies about them. And so, as you know, as people are saying, they're, they're trying to put the Inhumans in the position of the mutants so that um, it lessens the brand and, and they're you know, sticking it to Fox. Same with Fantastic Four. Yeah. I don't know how true all that is. It feels to me like a little bit too much of a conspiracy theory. That's just me. I don't know. Um, if you went out and purchased uh, Inhuman Comics today, there would be a little bit diff- different stuff going on. Uh, should I elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, if you want. All right. I haven't read too much, but what I have read is actually kind of interesting. Yeah. So currently in the Inhumans universe, if you go out and buy the comic books, at least this is from six months ago because I was reading it in uh, Unlimited, Marvel <laughs> Unlimited. But uh, so beforehand, you know, Terragenesis is this sacred rite of passage for Inhumans. You're born a normal human. And then when it is your time, you can go and do the Terragenesis and become what you were really meant to be. But uh, in the comics currently, the uh, Inhuman city of Adelaide is not on the moon. It is in is next to New York City. And the Terragenesis is no longer contained. There's giant cloud of it roaming the earth going into different cities and transforming people at random. The Terragenesis cloud is also uh, lethal to mutants. Um, oh, I did not know that. Yes. And so that's, right now, they're, I think they're still in it, a giant comic crossover, mutants versus inhumans right now. Um, and also, Black Bolt is no longer the king. He's been ousted somehow. I don't know how. And Medusa is the queen. And she's dating Johnny Storm. Medusa is? Yes. And Black Bolt has opened a nightclub. <laughs> Where he, uh, it is a neutral ground for anybody and everybody. So, like, supervillains will go there and they'll parlay and they'll, you know, do whatever. Yeah, as long And nobody's allowed to fight because if somebody fights in there, Black Bolt will Tells stop them to it. stop? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he'll just take them down. So, yeah, that's the stuff that's going on currently in the Inhumans comics. My history with the Inhumans, when I was first introduced to them, I really didn't like them or care for them at all because it was in Ultimate Marvel. Oh. And they were introduced through uh, Ultimate Fantastic Four. And the artist on the arc where they were introduced is, was a really strange artist, a uh, very gothic. Uh, it was like almost everything was in silhouette the whole time. It was very, very weird. I didn't like it. Uh, but then, I can't remember where I started reading the... I, oh, yes. World War Hulk. Um, which I know you're not a fan of, Ben. Oh, no, I, I liked it. I bought it. Okay. I, had, I bought it all. It's in a long box in my closet right now, not being read or touched by anyone. <laughs> but it's there, and like it all is there. If anybody wants to make an offer, by the way. Nice. I'd be more than willing to sell it, because I need to get rid of stuff. But. So in Planet Hulk... Black Bolt is one of the people who sends the Hulk away. And so right, because he's part of the Illuminati. Right. And so World War Hulk, Hulk comes back and he's going to seek revenge on the four main dudes who sent him away, which is Black Bolt, Iron Man, Doctor Strange, and uh, 
Mr. Fantastic. So he first gets to the moon and he's gonna fight Black Bolt and Black Bolt gets out there on the moon and he just whispers, enough. And it like is this huge, massive wave of power that goes at the Hulk, but eventually Hulk overcomes him. So that I just remember that was very striking. All he's doing is whispering the word. Yeah. It's like almost flattening the Hulk. So super cool. Um, and since then, I, like I've said, I've been reading in Marvel Unlimited, the current comics, and they're they're pretty interesting. See, mo- in humans, most of them don't really intrigue me, but Black Bolt, I just think, is such a cool character with a really cool power, and you know, it's uh, it's meekness. Meekness is power held in check, right? Mm-hmm. So, what a cool character like that. And then I enjoy Karnak. Because that's a cool power, just being able to tell anyone's one weakness. And there is a lot of potential. There is a lot of potential for this as a series. For this as a movie, I mean, it could have been a really fantastic MCU movie. Big budget MCU movie. It is not a big budget MCU movie. I'm just going to say that right now. It's a TV show shot on IMAX cameras. Or at least parts of it are shot on IMAX cameras. And so I'm really curious, and this kind of leads us into, think, yeah, our expectations. And I have to say, I unfortunately have some pretty high expectations for this. (laughs) Not because I'm expecting it to meet those high expectations, but because I'm going to be super disappointed (laughs) if it doesn't meet some high expectation. I've dropped a pretty penny to do this, okay? So I am heading out. I am driving and, and honestly, in a lot of ways, I am doing this so you don't have to, okay? <laughs> so if this ends up being a bust, I can just come and say, you know what? Wait for the TV show and watch it on TV for free in your living room and it'll be worth it, you know? Um, why is this IMAX other than the fact that IMAX is a co-producer? And why did IMAX want to do this? And I was looking to see, is this like, are they like trying to test out new technology or something like that? And they might. I don't really think about the camera that they're using um, other than I read the name of it. But they, they shot parts of it in IMAX with IMAX cameras like they were using on, um, you know, The Dark Knight with Christopher Nolan and, and that. Um, but the basically it comes down to in September, there's no big blockbusters. Yep. <laughs> and, and they wanted something. And what they've been doing in years past is doing re-releases of old movies in IMAX. So things like um, Wizard of Oz and Indiana Jones, that's what they mentioned in the uh, interview with the guy who is, in, I think he's the CEO of, of IMAX, or he's one of the decision makers of the IMAX company. And as they're expanding the brand and theaters that um, they are, you know, I think it's some, some form of co-op where IMAX is teaming up with these theaters rather than these theaters are buying, you know, an IMAX theater or something like that. So they're, they're working together and you hit these weeks in September where you're out of the summer and they just don't have any blockbusters to put up on the IMAX screen. And so they're doing their own creation. They're creating um, this you know, new content. And apparently, like, they have certain weekends where there just aren't big movies released. And so I don't know if it was last year or two years ago, but on Super Bowl Sunday, they in IMAX showed um, 
two episodes of Game of Thrones that had already been on. Huh. Uh, so the season had already been on, and you know, months ago these episodes had, had been aired on TV. It was a pretty successful stunt for them, and they had lots of people come. It was mostly diehard people who had already seen the thing, and then they also had like a season five preview or a season six preview. I don't know. Um, but that's kind of what got them thinking about doing television content on the big screen. And other television networks wanted to do stuff, but they went with Inhumans and doing this because it's Marvel, and the Marvel brand is more than just a single TV show on a single network. It's a successful movie franchise for IMAX and for theaters in general. And and, and truth be told, this is not the first time they've done something like this. Uh, Batman, the 66 series, uh, part of what helped pay for the TV show was proceeds from the Batman 66 movie. And because they had a bigger budget with the movie, they were able to create uh, new, new vehicles that they could use in the TV show. And Battlestar Galactica, they took the first couple of episodes of Battlestar Galactica and that got a theatrical release uh, Buck Rogers I mean these are both uh, late 70s but they they both got theatrical releases which made sense because both of those were capitalizing on Star Wars and so why wouldn't you want to see another movie like Star Wars on the big screen and it was the same effects people who were doing Battlestar Galactica and and, and, and honestly I think Buck Rogers as well uh, so you've had things like this before it's just why am I spending $15 a ticket to go and see a movie of a thing that's going to be on TV? Well, because I run a podcast, there's that. And I don't think I'd be doing this, honestly, if, you didn't have a podcast. if I didn't have a podcast. But what if it is great? That is also a great question <laughs> and also a possibility. I mean, that's what I'm saying is I'm asking why IMAX? Why, what is it about this story that's going to make it mandatory to see on the big screen? Other than they're expecting completionists. Take exit 31 onto IN 49 All right, Siri. In 10 miles, we get to get off the toll road. All right. Um, yeah, so why, what is it about this that makes it something that they would want to put in IMAX because this is a TV show. Is this going to feel like we're watching on, is it going to feel like we're watching TV on a building size TV? I, I hope not. I mean, the trailers, it looks, it looks more visually stunning than some of the other stuff we've seen on TV, on TV. Yes. Yes. Okay. And TV can be done cinematically. Yeah. I mean, we've all seen shows that feel like you're watching a movie because of the way it's shot and the way it's lit. So are they going to shoot this and light this like a movie? And you can, you know, it used to be you'd shoot television for a small screen and it didn't matter because people were all watching it on small screens with low resolution. Now people are getting bigger, bigger TVs with higher resolution. And so it makes sense that you're especially like I don't know, Game of Thrones, which I haven't seen, but I've heard has cinematic quality to it, but Breaking Bad felt like you're watching mini-movies 
Um, now it wasn't huge effects and spectacle, but it was shot like a movie and it felt like you're watching a movie and the acting felt like you're watching a movie. Cause that's the other thing, television acting, um, up until, you know, just a few years ago was being done for a small screen where you when you do a, a close up, it's a close up and a head and shoulder shot on television is because of the formatting of the four to three ratio of your box television um, ended up being just you know head and shoulders. You have two people on the screen next to each other and you're going to have to pull way back. Uh, with the widescreen televisions now that they're doing, you, you can have two people standing on the screen. You don't have to pull back as far. You can do a more intimate um, two-person uh, shot and without it looking really awkward, which yeah. sometimes you're watching TV, you're just like, I would never stand that close to someone <laughs> just to tap this conversation. So, is this going to be worth seeing in IMAX? That's the question. Is it a story worth telling in IMAX? That's going to be a question. Is it going to be worth this trip? It's got to be really, really good to be worth this trip. Though. So, what's your expectation? Those are the questions. Yeah, my expectation. What are you honestly, you know what I'm expecting? I'm expecting to see an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode quality on IMAX screen which is not worth watching on IMAX screen. Okay. I'm expecting a Netflix Daredevil season one quality. Which is okay, except they use every single dollar on Netflix. You can tell that they use every single dollar to do as good as they can. Yeah. But they still have to pull back and do things off screen. You know, I mean, Defenders... I'm not going to get into specifics. There's some really good stuff going on in Defenders, but there's also some places where you can see they would have done something different if they had more money for effects. Yep. And and it's that's like, what I, I don't want to see that here. Right. Well, Lockjaw, from what I've seen, looks awesome. I've only seen... Here's the difference, though. I don't know what you watched it on. I've only seen footage of Inhumans in a small window on my computer screen. So I've seen these tiny images promoting this <laughs> which you know watching it tiny on my screen you can see there's people you can see expression you can see some effects but you don't see any bursting at the seams as far as are they trying to do too much with too little yeah and so honestly if if it turns out that they're trying to do too much with too little then I will give them props for going for it uh, I will but if it looks bad and it's just like, you know, you, you really should have just taken stock of your weakness <laughs> yeah, and, and not gone there. Well, yeah. Okay. So, and I, and I any have other expectations. No, I mean, I'm expecting to enjoy it. Uh, it, it looks like they're really going for a comic book adaption, which I'm always a huge fan of. Like that's one of the one of the ways I rate things, and this probably shouldn't go into it as much as it does, but it's how accurate to the comics is it. Well, I just hope that my my grousing about money is not going to get in the way of my enjoyment of something that normally I would enjoy. Right. So call right. me out if I start saying something, and you're like, "Man, this is something you would enjoy normally." Okay. Um, because this is. I just want to have fun. Yeah. And so, you know, going on a road trip with my buddy, fun. 
dropping $15 a ticket when we're getting really used to AMC theater near us, which is super cheap. Six bucks a show. So awesome. Prime time. (laughs) We're, we're, (laughs) we're spoiled. We'll acknowledge that we are spoiled. Yes. All right. What is this? There's some sort of truck in front of us. It may be shipping an alien life form. It's like a bus painted green. It is. It is a bus painted green. It looks like a, is it a military bus? Maybe a, no, that's. No, it's a bus that's been converted into a camper, painted green. Cool. All right. I think that's it, man. I don't know how long we've been recording. It's, yeah, it's been about a half hour. All right. So we are going to stop this. We are going to play some kind of sounder. I don't know what it's going to be. Uh, and then when we come back, we will be getting in the van to drive home after our theater experience. Oh, one last thing. I didn't post this yet to Facebook. And I don't know if I will, but I took pictures on my phone of the seat selection oh, screen oh, yes. from Fandango. I don't know how many hundreds of seats there are in that theater. There's lots. Seven were sold <laughs> as of this afternoon. So people Two of either, them are ours. <laughs> people are either super confident. <laughs> people are either super confident that nobody's going to be there and they're going to be able to get a seat, which they should be. <laughs> or, um, I think that's really the only reason. Well, or, also or nobody's going to go. This is, I think, my first ever IMAX film. Really? That I'm. It's, that's a commercial film because I've seen some IMAX in like a museum. Yeah, where it's showing like an educational thing. The the interesting thing is with this, it's getting multiple showings all day today. They had two showings last night on Thursday. Yeah, um, all day tomorrow. Uh, I mean, it's getting wide release on IMAX as far as far as what IMAX would do. So, I mean, but it seems like they're talking about this is for IMAX devotees and Marvel zombies. And that's that's what they're counting on to show up. We'll see. We'll see. We're about to go and pay the toll. All right. So we will pay the toll. We will go to the movie. And when we come back, we will be talking about what we just saw. Catch you then. <laughs> Guys. Hey. Guys. So we're back a little earlier. Um... <laughs> We just checked our arrival time on the phone, (laughs) and we are going to be there an hour early. Yes, there's a time difference between our house and this theater. Matt's me hitting the steering wheel. (laughs) So, my wife's not going to be happy. (laughs) Hi. There you go. Oh, man. Okay. So, that's all. Thanks. Oh, can I get a receipt, please? Thank you. <laughs> so, <laughs> we got plenty of time to find something to eat. Yes, so glad I hurried myself. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, that's what road trips are all about. Oh, this is like taking that turn and finding that thing. Hey, uh, which way am I going here? Oh yeah, you're gonna go that way. I'm gonna turn right. Yes. All right. Well, we'll see you guys later. Uh, (laughs) It better be good. It better be good. I really don't want to feel negative right now, (laughs) but I'm Eeyore. (laughs) Relax.
laughing at me, Tigger. Sorry. Yes. Uh. I was just going to say that. <laughs> the opposite. All right. Let's catch you guys after the movie. Okay, so we are here in the car. I turned on the lights, put it in drive, and we're getting ready to go. And we have seen Inhumans, episode one and two. Yes, we have. And I am here still with Evan and Siri, and Black Bolt has joined us. Uh, Black Bolt, what'd you think of the movie? Okay. He's making gestures. <laughs> but I don't understand Inhuman sign language. Yep. Um, what little ASL I do know. He's not using it. I'd be very curious, actually, to know <laughs> if they were using uh, American Sign Language or if they made up a sign language for him. I'm sure they made up an Adelian sign language. Here we are. We are going to now be spoiler-free, although we did just mention that Black Bolt used sign language, but that's hopefully not a spoiler because <laughs> uh, his power means he can't talk and he has to communicate some way. Uh, although I was expecting him to write things down. That would but, be helpful, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So we are going to turn when we're starting on American Way. And is that us turning? American going Way is forward? that way. Yeah. Left. Left on American Way. Yes. All left right. on American Way. Here we go. And so this spoiler free part here, we're going to talk about it being an IMAX movie. Uh, turn right onto Pan Am Drive. Okay, turn turning right. Turn onto US Highway 6. Um, so Ben... By the way, we've set up Siri so we are not taking the toll road back. Because... So it's, it might have us take some back roads. Right US Highway 6. Wait, turn right on 6? Left. Left. Sure, it'll take us 10 extra minutes, but that's okay. Well, two extra minutes from my house, but... <laughs> uh, All right, so so Ben, yeah, was it worth it? To you know, travel to the IMAX to see this. Thing? That is the question, isn't it? And I'm just gonna say, miles. turn left onto North State Road 149. <laughs> Thanks, Siri. Um, Evan, you were sitting next to me. I was, and you heard me laugh. I did at a the very times. beginning of the. A couple times you heard me laugh. You laughed at the theme song. Uh, no, <laughs> I can't tell why I laughed at the theme song, but yes, you're, yes, I did a little bit at the theme song. Um, I wasn't laughing at the theme song, but I chuckled a little bit with some uh, music choices that I found enjoyable, and I laughed at some of the jokes, and I have to say, I don't know if it's worth the time and money to get to this theater to see it on this huge screen. But I enjoyed seeing it on this huge screen. I, as I was watching it, you know, the question was, is it worth it in my IMAX? And it was uh, somewhat <laughs> because, I mean, they used it. Uh, they were on location in Hawaii with some of the shooting. And uh, some of that was, was big, gorgeous shots of the island that they were on. Hmm. How do you say that island? Oahu. Oahu. That's where my wife's from. Oahu. Yes. Uh, at one point, Evan leaned over and said, I think I've been in that place. That but, exact place that um, she was. Yes. I, I feel like they used it. I still felt like I was watching a TV show and not a movie. Yeah. All right. So you say it's worth it. 
I say it's not. I. That, but that's my opinion. No, I'm saying I'm glad I saw it. But you're not big. saying it's worth to I'm go not saying, to IMAX. I'm not saying it's worth it to drive an hour and 15 minutes and to spend the $15 for the ticket. That's a little much. So even if the IMAX is five minutes from the listener's home, do you still say they should go? I At that point, I say if you don't mind the ticket price. Okay. Do it. Okay. Mile, turn left onto North it, State Road 149. If it was one of our theaters in the South Bend area, and, and we have two really nice theaters in the we, South Bend area, uh, if it was one of those, and if it wasn't, honestly, if it was one of those, you take a left. If it was one of those, and just like ten or twelve fifty even. Um, I would have felt a lot, a lot better. This still was, yeah. I, I, I don't recommend people like going on some sort of long road trip to go see it. But Turn if left onto North State Road One Forty Nine. Yeah. But all things considered, uh, it was a fun movie to see in the big screen. Yeah. It was, and, and it was they used the cameras to make an IMAX TV show. <laughs> You know? See, I wasn't noticing that stuff. I the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, this. I didn't see how they used the cameras at all. Some of the slow motion. I mean, just the fact that it filled up the screen the way it did. Now, some of the stuff where it was uh, CGI locations, uh-huh. that you could kind of see the seams. I, I felt like it wasn't. Uh, if it had been smaller, if I'd been watching it in my living room, it wouldn't have bothered me as much. As not being a a big big budget blockbuster. Maybe it's because I've been all over that island and seen it in HD because with my eyes because I was there. Maybe maybe. I mean because I'm watching it and I I'm thinking this is not. (laughs) I'm not just talking about like the panoramic vistas though. I'm talking about some of the close up stuff. In, in some of the um, like the chase scenes and stuff like that, where I I feel like I felt like I was watching a cinematic. Turn right on Dunes Highway. Thank you, Siri. <laughs> um, I feel like I was watching a cinematic TV show, as opposed to, I mean, we saw trailers for Thor and Black Panther. Oh, that was cool. And the Thor one, I don't know if they had a couple extra shots that I hadn't seen before, but boy. It looked glorious. Yeah. The um, Thor one looked awesome. Uh, Black Panther, it, it still was that kind of shorter teaser trailer kind of thing. That It, it just didn't have the great big grandeur, uh, big spectacle as the Thor Ragnarok trailer. But yeah, so as far as it, I feel like they used the IMAX uh, size to their, I feel like they used it well. But it still felt like I was watching a TV show. Yeah. And I feel like it was neat to see it on the big screen, but I absolutely did not need to see it on the big screen to enjoy it. And I would agree with that, too. I'm, it, you're not missing out. If you can't see it on, in IMAX, don't worry. You're going to see it on TV. Yes. You're going to see a couple extra scenes that we haven't seen yet. Yeah. And, and there's not like... There's not an IMAX, 
like specific scene. You know, like in, no, in, no. in some movies that, where it's 3D, there's specific scenes that are designed for the 3D theater. There's nothing like that. Well, and there's scenes with with IMAX. When I saw Dark Knight, the, the first or the second uh, Nolan Batman movie, where you're watching it and it's widescreen format, and then all of a sudden, boom! It it just cuts to the scene that they shot in IMAX, and it's just big on the screen, and there's, there's nothing like I mean this one filled the screen the whole time yeah um, there, there's nothing like that where you feel like all of a sudden we're seeing something really special that's IMAX special yep so definitely that's uh, yeah I'm gonna go with I liked it in IMAX I don't feel like it was completely worth it but I'm glad I saw it is that fair enough yep I'll all go right. with that too okay all right, so... So next... Is it a movie, Ben? No. <laughs> so we were going to ask the question, was this uh, a movie, you know, where you're sitting down and seeing a complete story? <laughs> and then the, the way I put it in my notes was, is it a movie or a commercial? Where they're just saying, come see this, and then we're just going to push you to see um, the TV show. Yeah. And, and honestly, it is that, but only in that... Yeah, it was definitely, we watched the first two episodes of the series. Yeah, they don't give you the complete story, but they give you a lot. They do. A lot. I mean, this is what, two out of eight episodes. Yeah. And a lot happens. Yes. And there were some twists and turns. Again, no spoilers here, but there were some twists and turns that I was not expecting. And it was cool. And there was, okay, if you don't listen to Strangers and Aliens, uh, you don't know, Evan talks to movies. Um... (laughs) When we're sitting, was I doing that in this one? A little bit. A little <laughs> I didn't bit. even know Not as much as uh, Superman versus Batman. No, I was talking all the time. Yeah, you were. One. And you're like telling the characters, oh, you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> or you're, you're telling the characters, oh, that's not good. Mostly it's it's quant- qualitative kind of things. Like, oh, that's not good. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, uh, You're not like saying, oh, don't go in there. You're not doing like that. You're not doing the horror movie talking to the movie. I did that um, in Cloverfield. Did you? <laughs> yes, I did. I did. Okay, so... <laughs> But you did talk to this movie a little bit um, because stuff was happening. And there was one thing that happened and you were just, I did not see that coming. Yes. And I didn't say it out loud because I'm a normal human being. But <laughs> I I also did not see it coming. Um, and, but it wasn't the kind of thing where I didn't see it coming because it's totally out of character. Or I didn't see it coming because it's, you know, something... You know, like some special weapon that nobody ever meant. It was, you know, they, it's not like something, someone pulled something out of thin air. It wasn't like a deus ex machina. No, no, it, it was, it was a genuine, huh, okay, that just happened and that's kind of cool. Yeah. Where, where is this taking us? And so that's. There's a couple of those moments. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't know where things happened uh, as far as timing goes. So I'm not sure where the episode break was. Right. You know, I, I think I've got it pegged, but I was looking for it. Yeah, I was too. And there were a couple of different places that it could have been, but I, I had completely lost track of time. So yep. I, I, and I planned to time this, see how long it was. Um, the movie itself was supposed to start at, well, <laughs> supposed to start at seven and it's 9.53 right now. <laughs> but um, that's because of that time change thing that happened to us. Yes. Uh, so it actually started at 8. Our time. But that's when the trailers started. Trailers started at 8. There was four or five trailers. And we were out of the theater at like 9.40 or whatever. So 9.30, I think. Was it 9.30? Yeah. I mean, it was not even 90 minutes. 
ah, that breaks down my my enthusiasm for seeing an IMAX a little <laughs> bit because it, while a lot happened, I did not feel like. Yeah, it's it's hard, and you do lose track of time because there's not that three act structure. No, and no. You're just wondering like where wins this ending, and you're and because things are just happening. I mean, we basically were watching an eight act structure. Yeah, um, where it's it's two t- television episodes with you know however many commercial breaks, and there are some very obvious commercial breaks, which Turn makes it also not feel. Turn right onto Dunes Highway. <laughs> which also makes it feel, uh, <laughs> thanks, Siri, <laughs> like a. Uh, uh, you know, like we're not watching a movie, but it wasn't any worse than when I would see like the two-part episodes of Star Trek that they put together to be a, a single movie and then had it in, you know, for a fathom event. So, all right, so it's definitely not a movie. No, but it's more than a commercial. Yes, and it, I, I felt like we were getting happen. content. Yep, and it was a, a genuine, you know, film. What in the world? Turn right onto Dunes Highway. Okay. Turn right onto Dunes Highway, Ben. I am. Siri, give us a heads up. Well, Siri did give us a heads up. The road did not. There we are. Okay, so are we recommend? I can't read this note, Ben. Ben's got the schedule written up for, for what we're doing here. Uh, do you recommend IMAX or wait for TV? I think we've already answered that. We already kind of answered that, but yeah. yes. The answer is yes. Um, <laughs> do... Where your heart leads you. Yeah. Uh, in some ways, this is almost like a sneak peek for, you know, diehard fans. Dude, we did not talk about our theater experience, though. Oh, yes. We were in a 450-seat theater, and there was nine of us. Yeah. There were nine, maybe 11. Maybe 11. Yep, and... <laughs> it was funny. There's one part where... The movie's like, it's not started yet, but it's like gearing up to start. And me and Ben are still talking, and everybody else just stops talking. And so Ben's like almost whispering, but I feel like everybody in the entire room can hear what he's saying. Whatever. I mean, it was was, was fun. It was a fun experience, even though the screen wasn't as big as I thought it would be. Um, Well, and... I was worried because the, during the pre-show thing, it was dim. The picture was so dim. And I've heard of IMAX theaters where... Because some IMAX theaters are not true IMAX. They're just large format uh, branded as IMAX. And I've also heard of some IMAX theaters because the bulb has to be so bright, it burns out very quickly and it's very expensive. And so some theaters intentionally turn the brightness down to get a little more life out of the bulb. And I was worried that was going to happen. But as soon as the pre-show little stupid thing that they do, as soon as that was done, um, the uh, trailer started. And like I said, Thor Ragnarok, that was glorious. Yeah, it was great. Glorious to see. Um, Yeah. Okay. So let's do a little bit of talk about um, my quadrant. And spoiler free. Spoiler free. Spoiler free. Okay. But um, that's talking about character, plot, uh, style, and theme. And I don't know if we'll get too much into theme, um, because that that could lead more into some spoiler territory. Okay. Um, but character wise, and this is to give you my recommendation on: Are you going to like the series, and should you see it in IMAX? Um, character wise, I felt like the characters were interesting and I actually cared about what was going to happen to them. Yeah. And, and very comic accurate. 
Yeah, well, surprisingly comic accurate as yes. far as the hairstyles and clothing. <laughs> um, I th- everything. It's I like, mean, it just... They stepped... Like, Medusa just stepped off the comic page onto that screen. Yeah, yeah. Incredible. And, uh, and Crystal. She had the, like, black streak in her hair with the circle with the in circle. the back. Yep, yep. Um, and Karnak had the tattoos. Uh... Yeah, he, he didn't look like he stepped off the page. No, but, but he looked good. I mean, yeah, they, yeah. They did that. And Gorgon um, had the uh, hooves because he's, he's got, like, bull legs. Uh, his power, he can create uh, earthquakes with his bull legs and stuff. Um, Maximus looked a little younger than he does in the comics, but he was great. Yeah, yeah. He was great. And, you know, but at the same time, while it's kind of comic accurate... I, I felt like we were seeing an MCUing of it. It yeah. was it was a society that was you know one of those parallel societies. They left the Earth to go to the Moon to get away from people, <laughs> and in doing so, created this parallel society to Earth where they're not they don't have Earth fashions, but they have Earth sensibilities. I felt like they did a decent job with that. Yep. Um. And, and like I said, I I. I cared about the characters enough to wonder okay what's going to happen next and enough to feel bad and that's one thing where the IMAX also was was kind of good is this is kind of stepping into style now so we can move over to that if you want but um when they do a close up of a character it's a close up it's a close up of a character (laughs) I mean it just towers and you are in their face and so when there's an emotional reaction and there's a couple places where they have some emotional stuff going on um when there's an emotional reaction, you were right, right there, right in their face. Uh, I mean, their face is two stories high. <laughs> so, yep. Uh, besides that style, it's it's not Netflix. It's I think it's a lot more reminiscent of Shield. Yes, um, it's not the gritty of Netflix. It's not quite the bombastic Avengers, uh, although it is. I think brighter. Than Shield, yeah. There, yeah. I mean, it, I there's agree. a lot of there's there's dark stuff happening in this show, but there's a lot of it happening just in very bright places. That theme song, man. <laughs> the opening theme song. That's probably the most superhero-y theme song we've gotten on TV for sure. Yeah. Um. And then, I mean, not just the theme song. There was one or two moments where there was some music cues where I'm just like, that's almost like a clown car, but. <laughs> Only one or two. Where it, it did, it felt a little childish. Okay. Uh, considering some of the uh, more adult things that were happening. Um, speaking of adult things, uh, this would not be TV fourteen, but it would be like TV PG or whatever. I would think there was a scene in the beginning. Yeah, that was. That's for nine o'clock. That's for nine o'clock, but not for ten o'clock. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah, um, so going back to style, again, I felt like we were watching, it was a TV show. Um, not quite cinematic, but there's a lot of movements where it wasn't just, it wasn't a lot of static shots. There's camera movement. Yep. And the sets. There's some, the sets are big. Yep, yep. Uh, uh, the CGI is great, especially with some of the superpowers. Um, yeah. Some of them. You know, it's it's okay, but like uh, I don't know if this probably won't be a spoiler. But Medusa's hair, 
great. When it was moving, it looked pretty good. It looks so good. Um, and, um, and I'm not going to spoil this, but they did find a way to, I think, get around uh, the bad wig about halfway through. <laughs> um, but I, I'm just going to say this. On the TV, I probably wouldn't have felt like the wig looked that bad. On IMAX, you can tell. there was a couple places where I'm just like, oh my goodness. They should not have done this on IMAX. But when it switches to CGI, the hair it looks, looks awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I wish they had done CGI just the whole thing. the static shots. Yeah. 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 But I mean, again, television budget. Yeah. The city of Adelaide itself looked pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. It looked okay. There was so It looked populated. That's one thing yes. that happens a lot is sometimes you'll have a, a thing like this where it's a fantasy setting and it just feels like, you know, there's there's your five regular actors and five extras. This yeah. this felt populated. I will say this, and this is a negative, um, and maybe it's just me, but at some points, because we're in an entirely fictional setting, an entirely fictional city on a TV budget, I was getting some Dinotopia flashbacks. <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I was getting some Hercules and Xena flashbacks. Yeah. And, and that's because, again, it's that's where it feels like a TV show. Yep. And it's... In a movie, you can just spend more money on making a really incredible set. Yep. And, and for this, they did good sets, big sets, but also TV budget sets. I think there's one scene where they literally strap the Adelan City Hall logo onto Hawaii's City Hall or Capitol <laughs> at that point. <laughs> like, I don't know about that. But. <laughs> it looked very similar. Um, I'll check. Okay, alright. Well, we'll I'll be ask, watching it again. Yes, so. I'll ask my wife when it airs if she thinks yeah. that's what it is. Um, okay, so, so, we, so that's style. Characters. Characters. Oh, one more thing on style. Okay. Um, this will be, for me, this is this feels like we're, we have a good superhero show. And I think it's it feels like it belongs with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Uh, but it has lots more superheroes in it. Yep. And, and a dog. And a dog. And Lockjaw works. He does. I mean, it's, it's not clown shoes. I was worried about it being clown shoes. And it's not clown shoes. It could be. But in these two episodes, it wasn't. He was just a big dog. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so... Uh, uh, style, uh, character, plot. We already, we already talked about some of the stuff with the plot, but stuff happens in this. Yes. And we'll save it for spoilers. Yeah. And, and it was... I, I liked what I was seeing. I, I, I liked the journey it was taking me on. Yep. And, and I don't know if there's a... Uh, oh, but back to style. Some of the script, not great. Some of the dialogue, not great. Some of the acting, not, not great. great. But, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, there were some lines where it was, it really was just, well, I'm just going to say exactly what we need to say to exposit exactly what needs to be said right here, right now, even though there's no one around me. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, even though I completely understand your sign language, 
and there's no need to interpret for anyone. I'll say what you said out loud. There's no one around yeah. us. <laughs> um, there was one character. In it was like she was <laughs> that particular part. It was like she was interpreting for him. Yeah. Like as he's signing to her, she's like, "Oh," and she's interpreting the sign language back to him. Yes. To make sure he knew what he was saying. Um, there was one character in particular I had a problem with the acting. And maybe um, we'll, we'll go that'll probably be more a spoiler part. Yes, yes. But um, but it's definitely like it's going to be right in the right place and. You know, we've had Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., we've had Agent Carter, and we had this. This is our, th- our third ABC show, and they all belong together. Yep. And they reference, uh, <laughs> I was going to say, they don't reference anything like the big green guy, like they do at Netflix. Maple Street? Like, this is Maple really Street. taking us on back roads. Okay. We are definitely not on the toll road. Um, okay, and so now going into plot, we've said we've, we like some things are going on. Themes, I mean, there's a lot of themes of family, and there's themes of loyalty, and and that kind of thing. Um, there's themes of uh, freedom. Yeah, and yeah. And, and there's also... Um, lots of political stuff. I mean, it's a, it's a yeah. royal family show, so... Yes, political stuff. Um, In a quarter mile, turn left onto West U.S. Highway 20. Oh, okay. Interesting. It's coming right here. Turn left, right? Yes. Pardon our I think I know where we are, actually, now. We're driving. Okay. In the dark. At night. I wear my sunglasses. Actually, I'm not, but... When we got in the van, Evan picked up his sunglasses. And almost put them, put them on. Them on. Yes. As my seventh grade teacher, Mr. Mincher, would say, when you're cool, the sun never goes down. All right. You got seven miles, Ben. Yeah, at some point we'll be able to turn uh, Siri off, I think. Okay. Um, so, are we done talking about themes? Or are we moving on to sports? Yeah, yeah, I mean... We're done talking about themes, and I think we've we've said all we need to say about recommendation. Yep. Um, if nothing else, I definitely 100%, if you are a Marvel TV Cinematic Universe fan, tune in Saturdays, no, not Saturdays, Fridays, starting September 29th. Yep. Because... You'll enjoy it. It's it's It was pretty good. Uh, yeah, so I think it is time for us to... Turn on the spoiler organ. Okay. And by turning on the spoiler organ, I mean stop recording and start again so I can stitch it together easily okay. uh, in GarageBand. Here we go. Play in that organ. Spoilers. 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 Spoiler organ has been played. We are back. Are we turning here? No, we got 5.9 miles. All right, excellent. So we are now going to talk spoilers. At this point, if you don't mind being spoiled, then keep listening. If you do mind being spoiled, you might actually be turning this off until September 29th. But um, yeah, this is where we are going. We are in Michigan City. Okay. I think I know where we're at. 
All right. Um, anyway, let's talk spoilers. Okay. Um, we have two questions. I had two questions on the spoilers section. Let me turn on the lights so you can read my handwriting. It just says talk details. Oh. <laughs> Play spoiler organ and yes. talk details. Yeah, that's all I did questions. have two things. We've already done hey. one. <laughs> All right. All right. So I'll go ahead and talk about the actress that I had problems with. Who did you have problems with? It was, uh, what's her name? Crystal? Yes, Crystal. Has she been in other stuff? I, I feel know. like she's a very familiar face. She probably. But uh, yeah, I had a, pretty much every line she said. I'm like, that, I don't think that sounded natural. Is that just me? Or did you notice uh, that? I would, uh, there, I, uh, there's some agreement there. Yeah. So, but she was really the only one, though. Um, there were the the problems I had with the acting really came out of the script, not the actors. Okay. Um, like the things that they had to say. Some of them. There were some good lines, and there was some, you know, the, the speeches were okay uh, when they were getting rallied up for political purposes and stuff. But um, are you talking about Karnak? Who's just saying the exp expository stuff? Okay, Karnak was just okay. I've got to find my king now. Um, and then, yeah. and then, of course, there was a scene with Medusa and Black Bolt where Medusa is saying, oh, you need to do this because of this. And it's like, wait a minute, he just said that to you. Yes. Why are you repeating it back to him? Well, it's for our benefit because we don't speak in human sign language. Yep. And But I like that Karnak would say random stuff because his superpower is, you know, figuring out your weakness or whatever. Well, his superpower was figuring out... Like almost anything. I mean, it's again that strategy, this uh, the strategist, yeah, the strategyism of him, where he's able to like analyze a situation. Although at, there was one scene where he's in a fight, and I think the idea is he's like observing how it would go down. Yes, as it's going down, but then it's actually it feels like he's resetting the scene. Yeah. And like he was actually moving in time or something like that. It just felt. That's how it felt. And, but I would, you know, knowing the comics, I would just say that it's, he's playing it out on his mind beforehand and choosing the best. Yeah. Option. And I, I know the comics too, but even, even then I was still not sure at first and until it was all done. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess he wasn't like moving back in time. He was thinking it through. And, it was a neat scene. I, I, I just wish, you know, maybe they, maybe they could have like had the, the him that was walking around observing things like instead of just forming back into his body, like go into his head or something yeah, like that. Yeah. But, um, but other than that, I mean, he, it was the Sherlock Holmes kind of thing where yeah. he would see things, uh, the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes, where he would see things and there'd be like graphics that appear as he's figuring out what's happening and, mm. Um, I guess that also happened in a, a Beautiful Mind, but and in the Batman Arkham games, okay, <laughs> where you're figuring out a detective scene. Um, I anyway, I mean, he was. I, I liked his character, and I liked what he was doing. And I like that he just like there was a scene. I don't know if you were there for the scene where he. Um, he talks about the end of the universe. No, no, that was funny. That was hilarious. That was really funny. Yeah. <laughs> but the, no, the scene where he's sitting at the table and they're having a family dinner and the serving girl and him make eye contact and you almost think, oh, there's like a flirtation going on. And then he says, 
two and a half days. And then he just gives detail of what's going to happen. Um, after two days, I will be sick of you and you will do this and we will do this and I will do that. And he's just telling her, this is how our relationship is going to go. If, <laughs> if we follow up on this love connection. <laughs> That's and, hilarious. No, I wasn't there for that. And then she just kind of frowns and walks away and, and uh, Gorgon is just like, you are your own worst enemy, man. <laughs> and I like Gorgon. Yeah. He was fun and funny. He really reminded me of Mac. Mac. A lot. From Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, Black Bolt, I mean... I, I loved Black Bolt. When he... He is great. And that, the, the final part where he's getting arrested and stuff. I love all and that. And they're just... You could, there's just amusement on his face as they're like, get on your knees. And he's just, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Drains by your head. Like this? They're behind you, my head. Like, you, yeah. you, you know you know what you're doing right now? Because I do. You don't. Um, well, and he, I don't think he fully understands what's happening. Either. No, but he's amused by it. Yeah. I mean, he knows that the, the guy thinks he's in charge. The guy thinks he has the upper hand. The police officer. Yes. And... And he's just amused by it when they take him to the police station. He's just, again, amused by everything that's going on around him. Um, Medusa, we didn't talk much about her. We talked about her hair. Yeah. But that was the scene I was talking about that was really emotional. I mean, basically, they cut off her arms. Yeah. And by cutting off her hair, first of all, we can get away from that wig. Um, Second, I guess they have to... And get away from the CGI CGI, that they have to pay for but Which is unfortunate because I that know. was it, that was pretty wicked looking. It was awesome. It was straight out of the comics. It yeah. looked great. Um, Crystal, I mean, I'm sure she's there for some good reasons other than to tell uh, Lockjaw what to do. But she... She's there to be a princess. Well, kind of. I mean, one, one thing that's really interesting is that she and Maximus are both in the same position, uh, being a younger sibling to a king or a queen. Yes. And that, that was kind of an interesting connection that they have, but... Well, all right, Ben, let's talk ties to the Marvel Cinematic Universe that we already know. Okay. There's lots of inhuman Coulson scribbling script all everywhere. All over the place, yeah, yeah. Which is pretty cool. The Terrigen Ceremony... Was a thing. With no, no cocoons. Shell. Yeah, but it's part of the ceremony. It's streamlined. I I was okay with that. Okay, so you think there's I wanted be to cocoons? See, well, there could be. I wanted to see cocoons, but this was done in a specific chamber meant for this. Okay. Meant to be given in a specific way to an in, you know an inhuman. Um, I'll give it a pass, but. If they do another one outside that chamber and there's no cocoon, I'm not going to be happy. No, I, I'm i with you. But because it was part of this ceremony instead of this randomized thing, um, which is the other th- huge tie, they talk about it in the Inhuman City. They talk about the um, uh, contaminated water supply and how it's creating Inhumans randomly all over the place. Yep. And that they're not going to let these people... Um, they're, they're brothers and sisters. They're not going to just let them be. They're going to help them and, and bring them back. Um, 
but the only one that they that we saw them bring back was a complete and utter failure. Um, but then they also when when Gorgon is on the beach and he meets the surfers, and they're just totally not impressed. It's just yeah, okay, so you're one of them in humans I read about, which terrible scripting. As soon as you have them say you're one of them blank I read about, yeah, that's the. Say that. Now, I heard. They obviously saw it on TV. Yeah. Well, before reading about it, you'd say, well, "I've heard about this thing." You know, oh, yeah, we've heard about you guys. I haven't seen anyone yet. You know, that kind of thing. Some of the dialogue just wasn't natural. Yeah. But um, that particular scene, though, the way it played out, you know, it's just we've seen this. It's been on TV, and it's oh, you're one of them, huh? But they didn't talk about. Turn onto US 20 East towards South Bend. <laughs> um, thanks, Siri. <laughs> this, this episode brought to you by Apple products. <laughs> Siri, help us have our what, what is it that uh, road um, trip? No, it was it was the Rock. Have you seen the, the Siri Rock commercial? No, I have not. Oh, it's really funny. Where it's it's basically Siri. It's Siri helping him to achieve his uh, bucket list. Oh, nice. So, yeah, so they, they tie in like that for sure. Um, but there wasn't any of the Netflix, um, green guy or guy with the hammer. Um, <laughs> None of that. or the red, white, and blue guy. <laughs> 12 miles. Continue on to East State Road 2. And that's a good thing, possibly, but... I'm trying. After that scene, I was trying to think. And what do you think? Um, which would be more likely for you to reference if you were to see a guy like Gorgon? So you know he's some sort of superpowered individual, right? Are you going to go to Inhumans who have been in the news here and there? Well, no. Oh, actually, though, on the news channels, there was debates and stuff going on. Yeah. At like, this point, it's been like. Or are you going to be thinking about? Um, Avengers? Avengers. No, I'd be thinking in humans because, I mean, we just had the, all the stuff in the Senate and the yeah. registration stuff, the Sokovia Accords and whatnot. The Sokovia Accords, though, they never mentioned the Inhumans. No, I mean, but that, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they're trying to implement true. Yeah. the Sokovia Accords for all the Inhumans and all that stuff. So, yeah, I think at this point it's, it's part of the lexicon. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Um... Let's but, see. But then they're just hanging out, talking to him, because, you know, he's a guy. Uh, but I also feel that it's a very Hawaii thing, also. Yeah. They're just very chill, very cool with it, everything, so. Here's the problem. Gorgon totally tells them he's from the moon. Yeah. <laughs> which is a secret that they were trying to keep. I know. And even the people who didn't want to, like reveal themselves you know because they're saying we don't want to reveal ourselves because there will be a war and he goes out and stops that moon rover which yeah, stops it, uh, yeah. apparently something has happened in the Marvel Cinematic Universe to cause them to want to continue sending probes to the moon well but, I don't know that the people watching that probe seemed like they were doing that for a very specific reason. Like they, I'm curious because that was like the fourth rover, right? Yeah. That he brought in. 
So I'm sure that it's going to lead to something. But the way that they were responding, it didn't seem like they knew what was happening. It was just, oh, we lost another one. And they seem to be looking for something, but I don't think they know what they're looking for if they are. But it was funny when it's like hitting something and like driving up on it a little bit, but yeah. you can't see it because it's totally camouflaged. And so here's another question that we don't have an answer to. At the very beginning, this inhuman girl was killed when Triton is trying to uh-huh. save her. We find out she's killed by Maximus's men. Yes. So. Which made it. That's at first. I was wondering. They're chasing her. Triton comes to rescue her, and then when they shoot her, they are like our target. Follow the target. Uh, and I was just thinking, wow, they switch targets really quick. And are they not worried about her? Well, no, they're not worried about her. She's nothing. Triton is part of the royal family. Okay, now I get it. So, I think that once they realized. Well, I don't know how they knew the Triton would be there. The Triton would be there. And so it's possible they were actually sent after the girl. And then when Triton came, they got the order to just switch targets. Hmm. Uh, but definitely you can see why the target would be Triton or become Triton once he made himself. Right, right. Once he revealed himself. Because if not, what is Maximus's deal trying to kill Earth inhumans? I don't know. Yeah. So we'll see as we keep watching but that was interesting too one thing I want to do is I want to re-watch the end of the season finale of season 4 of S.H.I.E.L.D. because you don't really get a good look at the people who capture Coulson and company yeah but you kind of see some weapons and I want to see how closely those weapons uh, look compared to the Inhumans uh, Inhumans weapons and then also the weapons of those three guys who okay. are tracking the Inhuman girl. Okay. Because I'm still wondering, I, I still think it would be a, an interesting thing to find out it was the Inhumans who captured them. That would be sweet. I would love to see that. Um, I, I feel like we have to have a crossover. We have to. It, While, won't, it, won't, be, it won't be Inhumans, though. No, no, it won't, it won't be in this series. No. But I'm, I'm confident they'll appear... In Agents of Shield. I'm not. Well, okay. Yes, I'm confident someone from this show is going to appear in, in Agents of Shield. That's a pretty likely possibility. Yeah. But no one from Agents of Shield is going to show up in these episodes of Inhumans because this is, in comic book terms, we just watched an issue one, a yeah. brand new issue one, a jumping on point for new readers and viewers who tune in. You know, for this and this alone, aren't aren't going to connect to any of the Agents of Shield characters if they right. show up for a cameo. At most, we would get a post credit after episode eight. I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. Which we did get a post credit here. Yeah, I'm not sure how this is going to play out on the TV episodes, but we got a post credit here, and the post credit was um, I don't know how, what her name is, but the bad guy lady who totally got stabbed in the stomach a lot and it was a shocking moment for me made less shocking when she heals herself like a uh, yoga wolverine yeah um what did you think about the horribly violent death of black bull's parents 
Okay, it was grief. Okay, but they it was not bloody. No, it was not. They were atomized. Yeah. That that's was still brutal. Horrible. Yeah. It was brutal. That's and that brutal. was a great moment of storytelling. Yeah. Not a great moment in real life, but it was it wasn't shocking because as soon as we went into that flashback, it, it comes from you killed our parents. Yeah. You know? You know what's going to happen and that's what makes it this tragic tragic moment. Yeah. And Oh, yeah. It was sad. Um, Again, there's some genuine pathos in this. There's some genuine emotional connections for me as a viewer. I love the moment when, you know, Maximus is taunting him, you know, after he says that, like, you killed our parents, are you going to, you going to kill me now? And he <laughs> he's starts going to, to yeah. he's going to do it. He's like, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> and then Lockjaw saves Maximus at the last second. Oh. Uh. And then Lockjaw, I mean, he's so on target at first. He's able to, like, okay, go to where they are. And then he totally just drops them off in four different places. Well, to be fair, he dropped them off in Hawaii. Yeah, oh, he's <laughs> on, the, on the same island. Yeah. He's on the same island, sure. That's, it counts right. as the same place. Except, <laughs> like, yeah. what, what caused him to be... You know, to not because he dropped one off. Uh, he he took Gorgon to the right place, or really close to the right place, where Triton died. That's what she told him. Yep. Take him to where Triton last was seen. Boom, he's there. And then take Karnak to Gorgon, and then puts Karnak in the top of this mountain. <laughs> and then take Medusa to Karnak. <laughs> nope, in the middle, in the middle of, of the crater. Yeah, crater. And yeah, so. I'm not sure what's going on that he was off target. But he was off target. Yeah. Well. Uh, Karnak. What's happening to him? Oh, yeah. Because he got his, his powers are malfunctioning now. Yeah. After he hit I, his head. I thought that he fell on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Like, because as he's climbing, he, he just before he falls, he gets this look on his face like, ah, this is the right way to do it. And then he falls. Yeah. And so the question is, is his powers malfunctioning then? Or I was wondering, okay, so he sees this fall as the best way down, but then hits his head worse than he thought he would. And now his powers are malfunctioning because he just, it's, it's Winnie the Pooh. He's walking around in circles. <laughs> and then, oh, now he sees footprints. Oh, someone's following me. <laughs> I think I'd go with the first explanation that his powers were malfunctioning when he fell. Okay. Um, I could be wrong. Uh, All right. I okay. I, I think we've talked to we've talked about a lot. Now I'm not sure how this is going to work when we watch the episodes, except that probably we'll be doing these uh, this the actual episode coverage week by week with other people, and so we'll get other voices in on it. Um, I'm also curious to see what the scenes are that were not shown in IMAX and and why they weren't shown in IMAX. But Oh, I do have another spoiler. Yeah? Okay, so the kid who can see the future, uh-huh. uh, they're taking that right out of Civil War II. Okay. Where the whole conflict centers around a new inhuman that can see the future in detail. Um, and so Captain Marvel wants to use him to preemptively stop terrorism and crime. And Tony Stark's like, uh, 
You can't do that. Have you seen Minority Report? Right. It's exactly the exactly that thing. So, and then tragedy strikes again and again. So, well, all things considered, decent show. Yep. It's a good superhero show, and I can't say how it stacks up to most of what's on the CW, but I can say I would rather watch Inhumans than uh, Legends of Tomorrow. But I like Legend of Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. So it's not to say I don't like that. It's just to say, uh, as far as group superhero shows, this one's a pretty good one. I agree. And so that is our review of the pilot plus one episode. I don't know what the episode titles are. It was called Part One and Part Two. That's what it was called in the credits. Yeah. So maybe it's um, like Part One, Part Two, Part Three, Part Four. It'd be interesting if they do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like that they kept the same logo they were going to use for the movies. Yeah, they did. Well, and that's the, the comic book logo. Oh, and tell us why you laughed at the, okay. at the theme song. So you're going through this whole thing, right? And it's all these... It's this very superhero theme. And it's all these animated representations of the symbols of the characters. Of, you know, Crystal's um, hair design. Um, Black bolts, chest Black bolts. bolts. Chest, yeah, chest lightning bolts. Uh, all these things and at the very end Lockjaw appears in the corner just Lockjaw appearing <laughs> at the corner like and here's the pet too yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. if this was a superhero cartoon on Saturday morning That's how it, it would have been totally totally I wondered okay what are they setting us up for when they do that and then not too long after that you have a scene with Crystal walking through the you know the Inhumans city with with Lockjaw and the soundtrack during that scene is just kind of this and it's just a very jaunty childish uh, music theme that I would expect from you know an after school half hour live action yeah. kind of TV well, show I liked how when they first introduced Lockjaw he's from far away so you think he's a regular sized bulldog you know if you've never seen him before yeah and then as he gets closer you realize no he's like as big as three people oh and I loved the two music cues I I hope there's some people out there who are going to appreciate it as much as I did but they use these kind of uh, new wave I guess that's not new wave but these slow rock versions of Paint It Black from the Rolling Stones and Break On Through to the Other Side by The Doors. Loved it. It was... And the only problem was it was like one scene... It was one scene right after the other. And, and that's the only the only problem I had with it is there wasn't a little space in between them. But they worked nicely. It was fun. All right. That's Inhumans, people. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to say... Thank you, Siri. And thank you for listening, everyone. And um, we will be revisiting the Inhumans around or on September 29th. 13 miles. <laughs> Keep right to merge onto US 20 East toward Mishawaka.
Thanks once more for listening. You've heard us. Now we'd love to hear from you. Just go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback to contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling one seventy seven fifty five level 7 You can also join the conversation by liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash welcome to level 7, or by following us on Twitter, where we are level 7 pod. Welcome to Level 7 is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh at our clean comedy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, Godspeed. I'm back and we got two pieces of feedback about Inhumans, two people uh, who gave us some uh, some of their thoughts about the Inhumans IMAX experience. First is from Agent Jessica. She says, uh, I was able to attend San Diego Comic-Con and I saw the Inhumans panel, which actually made me more excited for the show. It lived up to my expectations going into it, knowing it was clearly a setup for an episodic season and having a better idea of what the special effects would look like for the use of Medusa's hair and some of the other characters powers. I was able to watch Inhumans on Friday, and much like your theater, it was not very well attended. Even though this was a Marvel show, I think the concept of watching a pilot episode of a TV series in the theater is still a little hard for people to want to pay money for, especially since the only option was in the more expensive IMAX format. I did enjoy the cinematography in an IMAX format, but I don't really think it was necessary for them to spend the extra money, assuming it cost them more to film for IMAX. It succeeded in making me want to see more and getting me interested in the characters. I thought the Terragenesis scene was, was interesting, but less exciting than Daisy's transformation. Even though these people knew they would likely get some sort of ability, I didn't understand why they were expected to immediately know what it was and be able to show it. And if the royal family attends every ceremony, it seems like that would take a lot of their time, but I'm probably overthinking it. It's been a while since I watched the end of the last season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I'm pretty sure Coulson was on a ship and not near Adelan, which makes uh, me a little more confused than I was when the season ended. I have to say that I will be very disappointed if we don't get a decent tie-in between the shows with some character appearances. I am interested enough in the characters that I am looking forward to seeing the next episode, and I am hopeful that the season will get will keep a good pace. I don't know if a Friday time slot will be beneficial to the show or not, but I'm planning on watching on September 29th. Well, that's all I have for now. Hopefully I can write in again soon. Until next time, Agent Jessica out. Thank you, Jessica, for writing in and giving us your feedback. And um, we're going to go out on the voicemail that we got from Agent Jeff. So thank you, Agent Jeff, for uh, going and seeing Inhumans and letting us know what it was like to go and see it with your family. Uh yeah, like I said, we're going to go out on this, so I'm just going to say thank you, Agent Jeff, thank you, Agent Jessica, and thank you, Agent Everyone, for listening. Here's Jeff to bring this episode home. Hey, Ben, this is Agent Jeff calling from Missouri. Went to see Inhumans last night uh, at the IMAX. Took my wife and my eight-year-old, and so I would uh, definitely recommend it. Although I would probably recommend going solo if you've got a wife who is just going along for the ride.
but my eight-year-old really liked it, and except for one little thing at the very beginning, it was definitely, I would say, a kid-friendly show. A little violence there at the end, but, you know, if they watch some of the other Marvel stuff, uh, not too big of a deal. Anyway, uh, I was really had pretty low expectations going into the movie, or into the movie, into the uh, experience, we'll say. Um, I wasn't sure about Medusa's hair. I wasn't sure how television-level special effects would translate onto uh, the IMAX screen. And, you know, Gorgon's feet, they look kind of bad. Medusa's hair, eh, is a little sketchy, but, you know, I was there to watch Tangled. Uh, anyway, uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. It was well acted. Um, I enjoyed it. The villain, uh, Maximus, I could really kind of get behind him. That guy's kind of crazy. But um, anyway, I enjoyed Medusa. I liked Black Bolt. I thought he had a lot of personality for somebody who doesn't say anything. So it, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the actual series when it comes on uh, in about a month. So um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I would recommend it, but... Uh, you know, it's kind of pricey for 40 bucks for three people. All right, and that's where the voicemail got cut off. So again, thanks, Agent Jeff. And to everyone else, Godspeed. Godspeed.